dare great things for Christ. Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute, the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart Christ and an entrepreneur's dare mind. great things. Visit our website in the marketplace at stjohninstitute.org. Well the there has never been dare a time like the present for, for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. It is no secret that many people today struggle to see the value of religion. They, see, they fail to see the concrete ways that religion shapes our world. I'd like to explore the point that John Paul II makes in his letter on the dignity of work, that the difference religion makes is in shaping the person who shapes the world. Hi, everybody. I'm just so glad to be back with you and to be able to share with you some thoughts that I find particularly pertinent in our world today because our culture is a culture of increased secularism. And secularism is something that affects each one of us. It affects our families. It affects the way that we think. It affects the way that especially we envision the relationship between our faith and the real lives that we live. The more that our culture separates itself from the religious, the more strange religion appears. And here I am, a Catholic priest in front of you, talking to you and trying to get you to understand how to go deeper in your faith life. And a lot of you are sitting there listening to me, but not having any idea why what I'm saying is important for where you spend most of your time, which is in your work. And, and, and where the, when, when really things push comes to shove in our society, the most powerful things that shape our world today seem to be things that are driven by the economy and seem to be things that therefore are not evidently religious. And so we're tempted to say, well, religion is really nice if I'm having a bad time. But if beyond that, what is its value? Why should I be religious? And I'd like to even put it further. Why must I be religious? These are things that I need to talk to you about because the more that our world becomes a world of excess and a world of ease, the more dangerous we, or the more in danger we become of losing our spiritual sense and losing the soul that's inside of each one of us that pushes us forward. And when we do that, we think that we're gaining because materialism will expand and our ability to dominate this world will expand. But in fact, we'll have lost the essential. And how, uh, this is why it's so important. So let's begin with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, Father of the poor. Illumine the hearts of, our, of the faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. St. John, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Okay, well, I'm going to start by telling you all a story. I, I was uh, able to preach in West Hollywood. I had a great joy of being able to meet there with some of the artists uh, who shape our culture. Yeah, there were some kind of famous actors there and some of the people that work behind the scenes in different places on the Hollywood scene. And I was overjoyed to speak with them. And I was in a person's living room giving a talk to some of the, of the, the folks there in West Hollywood. And I was, uh, the person I was speaking with was an agent for a very famous actor. And the agent stopped me in the middle of my talk and said, Father Nathan, what you're saying is so amazing because I recently had a talk with one of my friends uh, who themselves is a kind of a powerful person in Hollywood. And my friend told me, I don't need God. I have seven cars. I have a house in Beverly Hills. I don't need God. What should I tell them? And I remember smiling to myself because I thought, I know a lot of people that don't even have cars and certainly don't live in Beverly Hills, and they have the exact same reaction. We, we need our beer. We need our pretzels. We need our free time. We need our couch. But boy, we don't need God. It's really amazing to me, right? It doesn't make any sense at all. The thing that we need more than anything else is God, but a lot of us don't see why. And the fact is, a lot of leaders in the business community, a lot of self-made individuals who have already labored hard and fought hard for who they are and what they have in life, they're the first ones to say, I don't get it about religion. It's just, it's almost like a thing that they don't really feel that they need because religion touches the heart. It seems to touch things that are emotional and things that are, but we can meet those emotional needs otherwise. We, we could have our sports, we could have our friendships, we could have our conversations. And sometimes, let's just be honest, it's just our work. We, we can get so lost in the next project and the next goal and the next thing that drives us that we can be so addicted to the chemicals in our own brain that get, you know, secreted all of the endorphins from accomplishing great things or the excitement and the thrill of, of the fight that we're always putting off the most essential thing to the point that if we put off the most essential thing, religion, God, the things of the heart, long enough, eventually we don't even think we needed them at all. And we can get to a spot where we can hit midlife and have raised our kids and not know what to do with ourselves next. This is a real crisis. It's not a crisis on the outside. It's a crisis on the inside. And some of you listening right now are in that crisis. You're saying to yourself, what is it really all about? So you go to Mass, or you reach out to podcasts, or you, you maybe get a book or two, and it just doesn't click. You say, in the end, how do I connect the thrills and also the risks and also the challenge and the very fact that the, my work and my career demand excellence from me. How do I connect that, that excellence that I'm getting there with the gospel, with faith, with prayer, with church? Maybe I don't hear a good homily at Mass. Maybe I've never heard a good homily at Mass. Maybe I've just been disappointed by the response 
that leaders in the church give to crises or to challenges that they face. And I just say to myself, it seems like a nice thing for some people, but it's just not for me. I don't get anything out of it. How am I supposed to respond to that? It's a question that's capital because our young people today are feeling the same thing. They have coffee houses. They have tattoo parlors. They have friends that will accept them no matter what they say and what they do. They have parents that'll pay for their college. Then they'll have banks that seem to want to like just extend their loans forever and ever, right? I can refinance that on my credit, push it down the road. And then I can expect to get a job where unlike my parents who seem to have to have worked their way up the ladder, I could start off right away with a master's degree, earning 60 or $70,000 and just try to pay off my debt as time go by. Maybe I won't even get married. I'll just think of marriage in my mid thirties and I'm only 26 now. So I've got another nine, 10 years before I have to really get serious about my life. We, we've extended childhood so far, and by so doing, we've generated, according to statistics, the most atheistic and agnostic generation in American history. If you look at the statistics, the numbers of young people who do not see the importance of organized religion have never been higher. This is what we're looking at right now. Why? For the same reasons that a lot of you have. We don't see how religion integrates into the real lives that we live. I'd like to talk and share with you about that. Are you looking for a way to go deeper in your Catholic faith, find friends, and discover the reason why Christ put you on this earth? If so, I want to invite you to a very special program with Eagle Eye Ministries called Ecclesia, running from June 25th to July 26th at Walsh University in Ohio. This is the very best program at Eagle Eye Ministries. Sign up now, ecclesia.eagleeyeministries.org. Registration closes February 8th. Sign up now. All right, so, I mean, if we look at our lives and look at the amount of time we spend in the workplace compared to the amount of times we spend anywhere else, the amount of times we spend in school to prepare ourselves for the workplace, and then the amount of time we spend at work, work and work, the place of work in our lives is one of the dominant shaping forces in who we are. We just cannot acknowledge it. We might have jobs that we put second. We might be really good at saying our family comes first and God kind of comes first too. But when we come down to it, if God and religion and our family for that matter don't penetrate into the time that we spend at work and into the experience of the challenge and the gratification that we have through work, we will end up being more focused on the economy and on the skills and on the drama and challenges that come from our careers than we will from developing the deepest part of ourselves our souls, our knowledge of God, our contemplation of higher things. We just won't have time for it. And after a while, we'll lose taste for it. It just seems like such a foreign world. This is why Pope John Paul II wrote in his letter on the dignity of and vocation of work called laborem exercens in Latin, on the dignity of work. He writes this, it is right to devote reflections about human work 
especially on the spirituality of work in the Christian sense. Since work in its subjective aspect is always a personal action, an act of a person, it follows that the whole person, body and spirit, participates in it, whether it is manual or intellectual work. It is also to the whole person that the word of the living God is directed, the evangelical message of salvation, in which we find many points which concern human work and which throw particular light on it. These points need to be properly assimilated. An inner effort on the part of the human spirit, guided by faith, hope, and charity, is needed in order that through these points, the work of the individual human being may be given the meaning which it has in the eyes of God. Wow. Now, for the, for the Pope, he doesn't see there being an irreconcilable difference between the world of work and spirituality. Instead, yes, there are two different things, but there's a common bridge. There's something that both my career and all that I have to put behind that and my faith have in common, and that's me. This is critical because for, for so many of us, especially younger people, this is a question that just haunts us. How do I balance my work and my family? How do I balance my work and my faith? The demands that I have towards my God and the demands that my work puts on me. Where do I come in and find rest? I'm thinking of all the young moms that I know. You know, they, they do, they're doing just fine in life. And then, then comes along three, four kids. And then they're just completely overwhelmed. And we never, how do I take time to rest? How do I take time for my husband? How do I take time to recharge? How do I take time to pray when everything seems to be so dominated by the, the amount of work that I have to do to raise these kids? Uh, or or the, the young husband who has to suddenly find himself coming home from work tired and wanting to be by himself and they're meeting the three or four kids <laughs> that the wife has had enough of, right? And we say to ourselves, how do I balance all of this? It's a real trick. And I'd like to even push it further and say, it's not even a question of just balancing. It's a question of realizing that sometimes the, the possibilities that I have in the workplace are really thrilling. I can be an engineer that's working on the electric cars that will shape the days of tomorrow. I could be an engineer that's developing a new form of communication. I'm solving problems and managing projects. And to go home from that and find myself trying to steam broccoli can just kind of seem a little bit underwhelming, to say the least. And so we prefer the thrill. I mean, we're working with jackhammers on road projects. We're laying down tar at 500 degrees. We're working with our hands and teams that, is, that we can look at the end of our day and turn back and say, I put that roof on, that, on top of that building. And, and that's that gratification we just don't find necessarily when we kneel in a pew and we stay there trying to focus our, our minds and our attention on something that's totally silent called the Eucharist. And we find ourselves in alienation because we read the Bible and it's about something that doesn't touch that. And our minds are full of the music that we've been listening to and the newspaper we've been reading and our phone is ringing and our texts are going off. And it's just so much easier to splinter our lives into three different things. 
and say, my family is one thing, my faith is another thing, and my career is a third thing. And we never figure out how to really balance those so that the one aspect helps the other. John Paul II says this in, 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 in Laborum Exercens. He says that the spirituality of work is able to be found when I understand that the gospel and God speak to the human heart, that same human heart that forms a family and that same human heart that works. If I can put all of myself, in other words, into my workplace, if I can put all that I have, then I need my spirituality in order for my workplace to be authentic. If I'm really going to engage in work with intelligence, discipline, creativity, drive, and personality, well then, I need to be fed and formed. And I need to come at my work from a center that's formed somewhere else. Work is an expression of who I am. It's a demonstration of my inner greatness. It's, an, it's a place where my, my powers and my talents are elaborated upon and built up. But at the same time, there's more to me that I can bring to my job than just those talents and powers. There's my person, who I am. And th for that, I need to be able to go back to a deeper source. This is where religion comes in. Religion forms the whole person. It addresses that human heart, the depths of my soul. It addresses my intelligence with challenge. It addresses my, my, my character with challenge. I need to be a person whole and entire in front of God so that I can be a person whole and entire in front of my workplace. And if I balance my family in that, I see that the same dynamic takes place. The fact is, I don't, shouldn't try just to balance three aspects of my life. I should try to integrate them. Where? By being a whole person in front of God. Standing in front of God as a worker. And standing in front of my work as a Christian. And standing in front of my family as a Christian worker. Bringing all that I am into every aspect of my life. Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E ministries.org. And subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today. So we're talking about how to integrate, right? The real question, therefore, is to kind of shift from the idea of balancing different aspects of my life into, an into a, a world of integrating, bringing my family into my prayer, bringing my prayer into my family, bringing my prayer into my work, my work into my prayer, and then my work into my family. And I mean, in other words, why would I separate this? It's because my vision of myself is too small. The beautiful message that the Catholic Church resonates and it comes again and again from sacred scripture is that we want to put all of you into your work. And we want to put all of you, including your work, into your family. When I try to separate those three realms of my life, I'm doomed to failure because the fact is 
sometimes one or the other demands everything and we feel like we're leaving the other two behind. But if instead I were to bring all that I have into the presence of God, he would bless and build me up to the point where I need him so badly to do the work that he has put me on this earth to do and to be the member of the family that he's caused me to be. In other words, why religion? Why God? Why prayer? Why Christianity? It's because only there am, it is the depths of who I am forged and formed enough to be able to fully expand upon my talents and potentialities in the workplace and to give the very best and depth of myself to my family. If I don't have a God who pushes me beyond the material and beyond the affluency and beyond all of the aspects of my life that can be measured, if I don't have something that pushes me to the next level, in other words, I'll very quickly will reduce what I'm doing to things that are less than what they could be and less than who I am. In order to give the fullness of myself, I've got to go beyond these different things. I've got to be able to have something, a spot where I taste the infinite. That's where religion comes in. A religious person, in other words, is, we got to change this right away because a lot of us think that religious people are stulted. Or a religious person is somehow a suffocated person. They're, they're somehow limited in their mindset. And this is why young people find religion so difficult. It seems like they'll be suffocated. If they really surrender to God, they're going to lose things. This is the optic that a lot of us have. A lot of adults have it too. If we're just honest with ourselves, we say, I'm scared to follow Christ because he's not going to be fun. <laughs> I'm scared to follow Christ because then I won't have friends. I'm scared to follow Christ because then I won't get to do what I want to do. And we're thinking, of course, the assumption behind all of that is somehow doing what I want to do is better than what God wants for me. And we, we, we're scared that we'll lose something of our humanity when we surrender it to God. And I can understand that. I think a lot of us have gone through that fear. But I want to also bear witness to you as someone who has given his life to God that there is a fullness to life in Jesus Christ and a fullness of life in religion that goes beyond any kind of emotion and any kind of, of self-service. There's a fullness of life, in other words, of facing a God who says, give me everything that you have. When we worship God, we lose ourselves in an infinite love. I mean, seriously, and I'm being serious about that. Because, we, you know, again, where else in life are you going to be challenged to love more? Who in this earth could ever command your worship? Nobody. As much as you love your wife, as much as you love your kids, as much as you love your husband, none of them can command you to worship them, to lay down the depths of your being in front of them. You can't do that. We know this secretly inside. Because there are peers, as much as we love them and cherish them, that's not the same as worship. When we worship God, we, we acknowledge an infinitely superior being who has made us to give ourselves entirely to him. 
The act of adoration, of worship of God, in other words, is where I touch an aspect of my life that's called to the limitless. And this means that being in front of God doesn't take anything away from my greatness. It actually uncorks it. It unleashes it. It, it allows me to touch a part of myself that I don't touch otherwise. I could just be like, you know, I'm a project manager and I'm doing a new campaign on, on Facebook. You know, this is great. Well, I mean, it, it's amazing to have to do that. And then in this quarter, our goals are to hit this amount of sales, you know. So again, it's great to be able to do that. You could even have a noble and exalted job. Like I've got to invent a new tool to be used by modern medicine. I mean, this, this, these are all fine things, but they're not what you're made for. There's a part of you that's deeper than all of that. There's a part of you that remains unactualized and untouched by anything that is less than you. It's a part of you that's made to touch what is more than you. Do you dare that? Do you dare to believe that you can actually reach out and go higher than yourself? A lot of us don't. A lot of us are just satisfied. We're like, no, Father, I just don't want to turn the page on that book. I'm scared of what's going to be there. I'd prefer my comfortable life. I'd prefer my mediocrity. I'd prefer to have uh, uh, myself be a slave of the economy that I've created for myself. And I'd say, you know what? That's fine, but don't blame religion then. Because what religion is, is instead of a blanket that suffocates you, it is the unleashing of your deepest potentiality. It is where you touch God, where you can be a friend of God. Now, if I could touch that and realize that I'm made to contemplate something that I can never fully grasp, and I'm made to love someone that I can never control or dominate, that I'm made to swim in the ocean of the infinite being called God. Well, could you take that same person and then put them to run a marketing campaign? You'd find someone who's going to rip it up in a whole new way. Someone who's going to bring an energy and enthusiasm and dynamism to this world that this world's waiting for. You're going to find a Christian worker whose spirituality is integrated in the reality of this world and who brings to the reality of this world the, the vistas of the Spirit and brings to the vistas of the Spirit the reality of this world. This is our vocation as Christians, to be that bridge. This is what's so exciting about daring great things for Christ. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.